Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast Marvel Studios Fanfare Orchestra is proud to present theme from Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, or Val, for short. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four. Bing, ding, bing, ding, bing, ding, bing, bing, ding, ding, bing, ding, 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 Oh I got to be honest, I couldn't have identified that as a Seinfeld team if my life depended on and it. And I think for legal reasons you shouldn't either, James. <laughs> Hello, Pod. I'm Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest spoiler special dedicated to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We are in the home stretch, people. We are in the end game now. Episode 5, called simply Truth. Written by Daylon Musson and directed by Carrie Scogland and joining me to discuss it over the next, ooh, I don't know, hour, hour and a half or so, because there's a lot to discuss in this episode, are, as ever, my three colleagues of such lethal cunning, Geek Queen, Helen O'Hara. Hello. Great big fucking nerd, James Dyer. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Are oh, you yes. oh, still doing that running joke, are we? <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't get to memo on that one. <laughs> yes. Surely it's run its course by now, old bean. And last but not least, the living embodiment of Baby Yoda himself, Benjamin Travis. Hello. Welcome, folks. Welcome. No recap this week, because there's so much to recap. I figured if I recap this episode, I'd still be talking about it ten minutes in. We've already wasted three minutes trying to recreate the Seinfeld theme tune. Did you know... The Seinfeld theme tune was different for every episode. Yes, because you told us about five minutes ago while then, <laughs> well, before Helen, we started recording. You're ruining the illusion. Sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, this is fantastic. New information. I am stunned. Yes, thank you, Helen. Thank you. Uh, yes, the composer, whose name I shall insert here during the editing of this program, Jonathan Wolf. That name again. Jonathan Wolf. W O L F F. Um, he had to make it a different length every single time because it had to go around Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up routine at the beginning of each episode. And so, and, and here's another thing. The bass on the Seinfeld theme tune, not a bass. What? Synthesizer. What? No way. Mm-hmm. How yep. do they make it pop? How do they pop and slap a synthesizer? On the synthesizer, <laughs> man. All on the synthesizer. You actually had to do it. I can't pop. It's like, you know, a Pringles, a Pringles is the only thing I can pop, but I can't actually pop. So thanks, Ben. He was part, he was the popper of the Marvel Studio Fanfare Orchestra. Uh, anyway. I do think it's for the best that we don't recap this week, because did you see when the American government recapped? He went and killed a guy. It was terrible. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh. The recap decapped, and he needs some decaf. If, if only recap had some decaf, then he would never de- decapped that guy. Anyway, so a lot of stuff happened in this week's episode, and I have to say, folks, 
I have to say that after some, I think, fairly genuinely um, earned cynicism and disappointment in the last couple of episodes, this one was a belter. For the most part, I would say. Yeah. I, I still feel like there's some things here that I could have usefully done with two or three episodes ago hmm. um, and, and been spread out a little bit more. But but yes, this is the show I wanted to see. This is the show where Sam Wilson is grappling with what the shield means. This is the show where Bucky is trying to figure out where he fits in the world. This is a show where the replacement cap you know, goes a bit buck daft. Uh, this seems to work. This feels right. I'm, I'm apart from obviously, I don't approve of fake caps going buck daft. But like, no, you know, if, if that's going to happen, I would rather it happen effectively and and be well told, which I think for the most part it was here. So I'm just, I'm happy. Yeah, or happier. Happier. I'll still cavil happy. about a few things, obviously. Henry Cavill. No, just Cavill generally. Oh, he's not in this episode. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I watched it twice just to make sure that he definitely was not in this episode. Jimbo, what did you think of this one? I mean, any episode that features Baltog the Leaper is obviously a winner. So I'm Baltog? Baltog? Baltog. Batrock. Sorry, Batrock. Baltog. I mean, it's, you know. The Balrog. <laughs> Balrog. Balrog the Leaper. From now on, we're going to call him. You yeah. shall not pass. You shall not leap. He did kind of jump onto the bridge just before he faced Gandalf right That's now. True. So yeah, kind Batrock of works. the Leaper. Always good to see him back. And also, who's pulling his strings? Bit of a bit of a twisteroony there. So that's, yeah, uh, that's quite also a genuine question. Oh, like, who is pulling his strings, and for what purpose? <laughs> I mean, mm. what, what's going on? Yeah. But there, but there are quite a few questions. There's like, what is Cap's mm. beard playing at? Why is she pulling the Leaper's strings? Why is she hooking him up with the flag smashers? What's in the box? That's the big question for me. <laughs> um, obviously, Gwyneth Paltrow's severed head. But other than that, what is in the box? I'm saying not oh, a pair God. of wings. Just saying, not a pair well, of wings. Well, it might be. I think it'll be a new Captain America suit made of vibranium. Same. No, I think, but I, I don't think the two are exclusive. <laughs> you think James? it'll have wings? It'll be a flying Captain America. Oh, just imagine. If it's a fully vibranium suit, since Iron Man is dead, he's going to reinvent himself, not as Captain America, but as Vibranium Man, <laughs> head to toe. <laughs> oh boy. No, I think it, like Black Panther suit is laced with vibranium, right? So I feel like it's going to be mm. that sort yeah. of an Yeah, to make effect, up for which the fact actually, that he's not got any powers. Exactly. It will yeah. go a long way to to addressing James's endless carping <laughs> about it's, that it's fact. It still bugs the so, shit out of me. Though I very much enjoyed his Frisbee montage where he nearly decapitates himself about 15 times. That was my favourite part of the episode. Oh, he needs a montage! <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Although, I must admit, I enjoyed that montage more than I enjoyed the painting the boat montage. I love the painting the boat montage. <laughs> I, like the, I like that, yeah. As, as a fan of reality TV shows, oh, you know, we see great craftsmen get into grips with oh, you know, cakes four. and food and all sorts of stuff. Yes. Watching Sam and Bucky go to town on that boat was was just, it was therapeutic. I didn't know I needed it. It's like the repair shop, but with superheroes. And how else are they supposed to bond if they're not doing manly activities at the same time? Like, you've <laughs> got to think this through, James. They're yes. not going to bond while they're, I don't know, cooking. No, no. Yes. They have to be, yes. like, using large, heavy weapons And there was the a time. solid amount of flirting, and I was there for that. I thought that was good. Yep, yep. Now, yeah, I, I thought this was a great episode. I must admit, the fight at the beginning, so the three-way, steady, at mm. the beginning Easy between now. them and Captain America, I, I felt was a bit flat. I thought that fight was Whoa. just a bit flat. Oh. Whoa. Sorry. What? That fight, like, don't get me wrong, like, the emotional heft of that fight was absolutely nailed on there. It was just the, the, the framing of it, the shooting of it, the choreography there wasn't what I kind of really wanted from I'm it. I sorry. thought it could have had more dynamism. But Bow other than track that. the Leaper more like. Sorry, sorry. 
But but other than that, yeah, I, I I enjoyed this an awful lot. And I you know I liked I liked Captain America's breakdown. Him going full psycho was loads of fun. Um, yeah, this, this was this was good stuff. <laughs> I still think I still think even though even though you know they and I, I, they went with a different tone. I like the kind of they're bonding, they're kind of friends, they're not admitting their friends thing. I think that was mm. nice. And while they they didn't go full bants, like it wasn't really like what I would call humorous banter so much, not sparring, but you felt that there was a deepening of their bond. I no, mm. I liked it this week because they yeah. weren't trying too hard it was yes. effortless and it felt earned and it felt born of genuine friendship and mutual respect whereas previous episodes felt like someone had just kind of crammed midnight run the night before and we're just trying to replicate lines from from that or from a lethal weapon uh, and that that's what i loved uh, this this episode gave me the sam and bucky that i've been wanting for the last uh, five episodes um benjamin what did you think of this I loved this episode. Again, this is the show, like Helen said, that I wish it had been from the start. And I kind of ache a bit for, for what those earlier episodes could have been if they had, they had this extra level of, of execution in them. No pun intended, John Walker wise. Huh. But it was just so well done. Like the writing really stepped up. I feel like every storyline kind of except the Carly one, which is still a bit murky, yeah. really just went to another level. The performances really matched it. And just having a full hour episode, having that downtime to just spend time with these characters, to let them do things that aren't chasing down the plot. But in a way that still felt very, very connected to kind of the themes of the show. I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say the boat is very much a a stand-in for the shield itself, for the notion of Captain America itself. Like, do we fix this thing that's inherently broken? No one's going to buy it. Hey, maybe it's up to Sam to work out a way to kind of rehabilitate this thing, you know? So you're saying the boat should be called Metaphory McMetaphorface? <laughs> Completely. And seeing those two bond over fixing that together and letting them spend some actual time together was just such a big boost. I felt so emotional for so much of this episode. Like, it really grabbed my heart. It's so many of the plot lines, even the John Walker stuff. Yeah. It, it had a real emotional heft to it that the rest of the show just so far hasn't had. And part mm -hmm. of that is, as we've said in previous episodes, the inherent power that you get from having known Sam Wilson as a character for all this time and seeing him now take this extra step towards actually taking the shield for himself. But also just, I think, within the writing of the episode and within the interactions and within the storylines that this show has established in its own right, yeah. it hit some big emotional beats, you know? It, it made my heart ache for yeah. a lot of the runtime. I teared up. Uh, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm a man and I'm in, I'm in touch with my feelings. I teared up, but I didn't cry. Of course not. Because I'm a manly man. Uh, I teared <laughs> up on a number of occasions, actually. I, I teared mm. up during the uh, the scene with uh, Isaiah and, and mm. Sam. I teared up when yeah. Bucky, at the end, tries to say what's on his mind and he talks about how the you know he tried to do he tried to take the book and and because it worked mm. for Steve he thought it would work for him and it hasn't and he you know what's left unspoken with Bucky as often is is quite moving because dude's been through so much shit um and there was another moment as well I, I can't quite remember but yeah and the, I was just the thinking, little kid looking at the shields no, no, not that. That didn't work for me. But um, oh. in terms of emotions, but if it worked for you, that's totally that's totally cool. But there was another moment that did make me feel really emotional, and I just thought, oh wow, this is what it could have been. Mm -hmm. And before we talk about what the episode is and what the show is, I think we should address the. Uh, there's an elephant in the room, um, which is 
A number of people asked questions about last week. We didn't get around to it. We didn't have time to discuss it. There is a, a very strong rumor. I don't believe it has been officially commented on by anyone involved at Marvel or involved with the show yet. But there's a very strong rumor going around that at one point, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier involved a major plot line involving a virus. Mm. And that someone, or maybe someone's, certain parties, obviously got antsy about that, given what's happening in the world right now. And there has been a bunch of major surgery done, which is why you have sometimes maybe scenes that don't seem quite, you know, where they should be. Or maybe there's been some obvious ADR. If I noticed, for example, mm -hmm. today in that very, very last scene when Senator, what's his name? Still don't know what the guy's called. Is talking about, do we do a vote? And they're talking about the, the GRC pact. And, you know, there's a bit where he says something, but the camera's behind him, so you can't see what he's doing. So it might be looped in. So, uh, you know, it's, it's still scuttlebutt at this, at this point, but the internet seems to be clued in on this one, and people seem to say that this is the case. So if that is the case, mm. what do you make of it all? What do you make, you know, make of that, the, the impact on the show? Look, I mean, I, I I have sympathy. Obviously, if they've had to remove a major plot line and do major surgery, with presumably months at that point still to go, and a very limited amount of reshoots, given all the restrictions all over the world, that that would have left them with. But you know, you still have to make it work. So while that might well explain a lot of what's happened, a lot of what was missing is the dialogue scenes, is the you know personal connections. It's not the big action scenes with loads of people. It is the one-on-one -on -one stuff that still feels, or well, to, to now has felt really, really lacking. So it kind of doesn't really justify the, the problems that we've been kind of commenting on, I don't think, this whole time. Do you not think it has? I'm sure it has contributed to, I'm sure that has exacerbated yeah. those, if, if they, maybe it create, created them out of whole cloth. Maybe this was all a, an extremely elegantly written show before, perhaps. But you know, you still have to work with the hand you're dealt a little bit, don't you? You still have to make it work. And they've said that they made, you know, they were happy with it. So we have to believe them. Even we, if but we also know it was meant to be the first show out of the, the gate on yeah. Disney Plus and was pushed back. Yeah. Partially, I'm guessing, because of that. And again, this is not confirmed yet at any point unless mm -hmm. I've missed something by anyone at Marvel or Malcolm Spellman or Carrie Scogland or, or Nate Moore or anybody working on the show. Uh, maybe they'll never address it, but I imagine they will at some point, if indeed that is the case. But it seems to me that looking at the show, that the, the storyline it has definitely affected the most is the weakest part of the show and remains the weakest part of the show in this episode, which is the Flag Smashers. So, yeah. you know, it seems to me, and I'm just trying to fill in, in the blanks here because I wasn't aware of this theory until earlier this week, because I'm not really reading up much in the show. I kind of want to stay unspoiled as much as I possibly mm -hmm. can. You know, it seems to me that, you know, Mama Donya passing away the way she did, that might be something to do with a, a virus storyline. There's talk yeah. of vaccines. This vote about moving refugees into into camps at the end of the episode, that might have more relevance if indeed they are infected in some way. You know, mm -hmm. where does the virus come from? Is it a man-made virus? Is, is a serum tied into it in some way? Who knows? Who knows? But um, yeah, I guess we hopefully we'll find out at some point. I yeah. think it just seems mad to me how much better, like how much of a jump up this episode was. And uh, last week I said I thought was a, quite a big step up from previous weeks as well. I'm not saying this episode was perfect, but the mm. standard of a lot of what was happening, the, the depth and mm -hmm. the resonance of it, 
feels so, so removed from how kind of flat a lot of those first few episodes were that I it would make sense to me if something like that had happened in the show and it had involved various bits of surgery and having to sort of rewrite stuff at the last minute and try and patch these other storylines together while removing some mm. kind of other narrative because you see it in this episode, all of these things coming together, all of these storylines coming together and operating at a really high level that is so affecting and really effective just within the show as a whole. So mm. it would make sense mm. to me if there was something else going on that meant those earlier episodes didn't quite um, punch up to what we'd expect from Marvel. I think it's interesting looking at the show as well as sometimes this is obviously a, a TV show that is operating on a budget level that pretty much any other TV show in the history of the format would kill to have. Mm-hmm. But there are also times when you can see that they just, they don't quite have an MCU cinema big screen level budget. There's John Walker's Hearing, for example. You compare that, which just seems like a location that they found and they tried to make it look as governmental as they possibly could. You compare that to the Senate hearing in Iron Man 2, for example, which looks like the real deal. Or even at the beginning where you have, you know, John Walker, who has become John Runner just before he's about to become John Puncher. And he's <laughs> he's, you know, left the scene of the crime from the last episode and he's running, 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 running. And it feels a little bit like Oh, let's just find an empty warehouse. Let's go an empty warehouse. I, I thought when he was running along the canal to the warehouse, I actually thought that was an incredibly effective location. I thought it looked really, really cool. All those kind of gantries oh, very overhead. Oh, good location, yeah. It's yeah. a really cool place. So I, I didn't have a problem with that. I, I mean, I think I said this last week, but given that there is apparently a you know housing crisis and a refugee crisis, there are a hell of a lot of empty big buildings for people to have fights <laughs> in. So that was a little bit of a surprise. Um in terms of the hearing, that was by no means my biggest issue with the hearing. Uh, th- my issue with the hearing was they're, they're kind of threatening him with a court-martial. So this is not a court-martial, mm. but they're also uh, dishonorably discharging him and threatening him with being locked up in military prison. So what the fuck is the difference between this and a court-martial and why would he care? It felt like that was just, it was almost like a debriefing slash hearing where they're informing him that he's being made redundant. Mm. But- you're right, not being court-martialed, because apparently murdering someone on live television isn't enough to get you court-martialed these days, uh, which is nice. But uh, yeah, no, it was odd. I don't know quite what that was. It seemed to be like a disciplinary hearing, and they were just saying he was lucky not to be court-martialed. So it wasn't a call or it was more of a slap on the wrist. What's the difference? The, the disciplinary hearing, court-martial... Well, court-martial is essentially a trial, isn't it? It's like being put on yeah. trial in a military court, whereas this was yeah. just seemed like a, like, a, like a Senate committee, and they were just saying, you know, you're now unemployed. I, I don't think that's how that works. But I mean, look, it, what was interesting about that, that scene, I thought that kind of procedural stuff was really badly written. Again, I just thought that was badly, badly handled. Um, you, it didn't need to not be a court martial. Like it, that would have been sensible if they just called it a court martial and had the senator there. And, you know, he could have almost turned around and talked to the senator to make it clear he knew it was a political trial or something. But if it has all the consequences of a court martial, it might as well be a court martial. Do you know what I mean? But the big, the bigger thing about that scene, which I thought was well written, was the idea that you know they're being incredibly hypocritical. Uh, he tries mm. to call them on it and is shouted down. That stuff was well handled. At this point, I only ever did what you asked of me, what you trained me to do, what you made me. You built me. Um, you, you know, all yeah, the, all those sorts. Yeah, the episode is called Truth, and I think yeah. it's very, very much about characters finally coming to terms with their truth or confronting the truth of the situation. And here you can see the the scales 
falling from from Walker's eyes. I'm still not. I don't think I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in the sympathy train with him, and I don't think I ever no, will be. No, no, no. I don't think you should be. But he's very, very good, Wyatt Russell. But he is right in that scene. He actually lies later, which is interesting in a next episode. Yeah. Mm. But what I thought was really interesting there as well is their retroactivity of what they did to him. That was twisting the knife, I thought, because that was them going, we're not going to cover anything you did up until this point. We're completely disowning you. And that's that's the real hypocrisy of their stance, I think, um, which, I mean, again, not having sympathy with him because he's still a fucking murderer. But yeah, you, you could see that they were badens, I think, from that, if nothing else. As, as somebody who doesn't understand all the jargon and does not probably really know what a court martial is the emotional side of that scene did work for me that that when mm. he's when he says i am captain america like i am a product of america as it is now that sort of mm. really resonated and he I was think, going for the big sorkin moment with that wasn't he, the, he i was. am the american president <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah i think with him he is an irredeemable piece of shit but at the same time I, I i think they are doing a really interesting job of playing that that moment he has at the very start of the episode uh, was another moment for me that felt really powerful where he's thinking back of all the lovely things that lamar said about him where mm. he, he had his back the whole time was like no no man you've got this you you're the perfect person to do this and now his his best friend is dead he killed a guy in murderous rage with super soldiery shieldiness happening <laughs> everything that he did has been stripped from him, all of his benefits and everything. What he did was absolutely terrible and completely irredeemable, but also he has been hung out to dry by the people who yeah. put him in that position. Yeah. And I think all the complexities of that kind of um, came together really nicely yeah. for me. Also, he's gone absolutely fucking batshit insane mm. or bat rock insane. You've got to <laughs> yeah. wonder how much of that might be connected to the serum that he took. Like, has it had yeah. a, a, like an yeah. effect on his mind? Because he seemed he was always a bit of a bellend, but he wasn't necessarily a sociopath. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Because he was—he did look like he was tweaking, as we discussed, yeah. even before taking the serum. So he was clearly on this road. What was interesting, I thought about the kind of the the memories of Lamar in that memories. opening scene. Thank you. Um, all right, Barbara. Uh, <laughs> was the uh, was the idea? I might be reading too much into this, but I that feel would like never happen. <laughs> I feel like there was there was a sense maybe that some of his quote unquote good judgment and his ability to always quote unquote, make the right decision, was actually coming from Lamar, that he was getting kind of the credit for Lamar's good judgment, maybe. Uh, you know, that he's saying to himself at the beginning over and over again, you told me not to go in, why didn't I listen? And I don't know if, again, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but maybe it is another mm. sense of a black man kind of doing the work and a white man getting the credit for it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, absolutely. Do you think that Lamar knew he had taken the serum or was it a surprise to Lamar as well? Maybe Lamar never knew, actually. I, th I think maybe he didn't know, yeah. Mm. Which makes the tragedy of it all even worse that he mm. was trying to save John. He actually might have been killed in that moment, but it's unlikely that he would have been killed in that moment and Lamar puts himself between John and, and mortal danger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the fact that the, the fact that he is beginning to become increasingly detached from reality, you have his, his wife there, his wife, um, Mrs. Walker, because we're never actually been told her name i think uh, have we not that i remember yeah yeah that's, that's something that's, that's always this, this small thing i know but it would, would be nice to know her name to actually you know give her give her that but he obviously he still has his wife but he has been something something about the serum has corrupted him there's a if it was a screw loose it has really really loosened the screw even more so and the fact that he now 
is pretty much is convinced in his heart of hearts that he is Captain America <laughs> to the point where in the post credit sting he's making a shield out of what seems to be a dustbin lid. And uh, mate, <laughs> unless you have a vibranium simple human dustbin uh, as I do, I think simple human <laughs> use vibranium, then you're not going to get anywhere with that. It's going to be it's going to come apart in seconds. It was good enough for young Steve. Maybe he'll use the uh, door of a taxi next. There you go. <laughs> uh, her name is Olivia, apparently. Olivia, what, the door of the taxi. That's very specific. <laughs> you know, I, I don't make the rules. Has she been called Olivia on the show? Uh, not that I've seen okay. or remember, but yeah. Like Senator, what's his name? It's like these characters are introduced and we're not told their names. But uh, but hey ho, Jimbo, you. I want to talk about the opening fight. Yes. Yeah, I, I can't quite see that you didn't. Well, no, obviously you didn't like it, but. No, 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 no. To be fair, it's not that I didn't like it at all. In fact, and I thought, as I said, I think the emotional weight was there, and that's almost the more important thing. You remember, like we had that sequence at the beginning of the first episode, which was, yeah. you know, all the money in it looks beautiful, but there were no emotional stakes, so it just felt really flat. Then this was the opposite. This had tons of emotional stakes, but I just didn't feel the sort of kineticism of the choreography. Like it just didn't feel like an exceptional fight. You know, really? I'm thinking that's of some of the choreography you get in Winter Soldier, in particular. Like it just didn't yeah. feel up to that level and I thought that was a shame because the emotional weight was there so I did enjoy the fight I just maybe wanted a little bit more from it I think what was interesting to me was the way people were fighting in that scene so the fact that Walker kept going for the head slice yeah I mean several shit. times <laughs> so he may be guilt ridden at the start of that scene and I think there is an element of guilt there I think he realises even aside from the publicity angle even aside from losing Lamar and there's obviously a lot of grief there I think he realises he flipped out and killed an, you know, a, a part, an innocent party, right? He knows that in that mm. scene. And I think there is that moment that he has guilt as well as grief. And yet, and yet he keeps going to slice people's fucking heads off with the shield. And even when he's throwing the shield, like Steve did throw it and obviously knock people out with it and stuff, but he didn't kind of tend to use it as a scything weapon. <laughs> and Walker keeps throwing it like a scything weapon straight for people's necks. And it, it was so uncomfortable as well seeing him pin Sam down, having him pinned mm. down and like bearing down on him was such, in that cap uniform was such an uncomfortable image. And obviously then he, he rips the wings off, but I was like, is he like, is he like strangling him? It was, yeah, there was a lot of sort of resonance there with that imagery. Yeah, it's interesting because I think this this fight does get across how formidable Walker is and, you know, three medals of honour and all that. And, you know, he would be a pretty dangerous opponent to, to take on, even with Bucky, who has the serum and the training and the arm, but Sam doesn't. And so I was like, "What, Sam, what are you doing? Don't get in the way of this, because well, any one of these punches could break your ribs or shatter your sternum or your spine, and nobody wants that. Except for yeah, Walker, but, obviously, well, he's, the dickhead. He's got, he's got his kind of armored-ish uh, suit mm -hmm. on and his wings and his grappling mm -hmm. thingamajig. So, you know, he's, he's, yeah. he's he does pretty well. He gets some punches in. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's realistic and, and right that Bucky took most of the blows. But I also think what's mm -hmm. really interesting is what's going on in the dialogue during that scene as well. So Walker starts off with a time to go to work thing. He claims he killed him because he had to, which he knows isn't the case. And then there's Sam kind of trying to talk him down and getting to the point where they try to get the shield off him. And he echoes that line from earlier in the series, you almost had me until that. Mm. You remember Sam said that, you know, you almost mm. had me until that last line or something very similar. But what is really interesting is Walker's d lines during the fight is, why are you making me do this? Classic abuser's line. Take responsibility, man. 
And and the thing where he keeps saying, I am Captain America and it's mine about the shield, even after they've literally broken his arm getting it off Ugh. him. How metal was that? They fucking oh, break yeah. his arm to oh, rip the shield off. I mean, off. It, was, it was brutal as fuck is what and it he was. he still yeah. keeps coming. They, um, yeah. I, I like how they're using, how Sam is using the sort of jetpackiness yeah. of the yeah. wings these days as yeah. a, an extra kind of level of force to yeah. in fight scenes to sort of yeah. either propel him towards people or away from people or to, yeah, have a bit of extra oomph in his, in his punches and mm. his arm yanks. Yeah. yeah, it's been very, very clever the way that they've used his his falconness and the wings, um, which obviously don't make it out of this battle unscathed. And no. uh, it, yeah, I thought this battle was, I thought this fight was terrific. I think mm. that um, Bucky mm. has been involved in two of the best threesomes in the MCU. There's mm-hmm. the the one at the um, oh, you have been raiding my fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I don't write fanfic. I do want to make that clear. I don't write fanfic. I just make stop motion animations. <laughs> oh, films. That's, that's all I do. Uh, um, so there's, you know, there's, it's clearly redolent of the Tony and Steve and Bucky fight at the end of, of Civil War. You know, Henry Jackman is cranking up the score and there's, and the themes and the motifs from that score. We get catastrophe again. And I'm pretty sure we get as uh, Walker's about to try and deliver a killing blow. Mm hmm. And I think even with the, the the wings coming off, I think he even replays the 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 score that he uses in that fight uh, at the end. But there's so much about it I thought was really fascinating. You know, uh, Walker's "You don't want to do this" to to Bucky, who then just goes, "Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. do." Because right from episode what two, Bucky has been itchy to plant his metal fist right into that fucker's face mm. and, uh, and and take the shield back. I mean, he does take the shield back after all this grunting and groaning. Uh, sorry, we're back to Hel- uh, Helen's uh, animations here. <laughs> after, uh, after all the groaning and grunting and expenditure of bodily fluids, he does. He gives the shield to Sam. I think that that's not as simple as just giving the shield to Sam at the end. There's a real sense of, you fucked up. Here's the evidence. In that moment, yes, I know. I felt that too because he then later on is yeah. like, I, I, I forgive yeah. you for what you did with this shield. But in that moment, it's like, here's your shield back, which you gave away, and now this prick killed someone with yeah. it. Are you happy now? <laughs> it was like, yeah. oh Jesus, yeah. Bucky. And for half a second, you get that image of him holding the shield as well, which is like, ooh, Bucky holding the shield. Interesting. But no, but I think you're right. I think I think it's less about f- forgiveness later and more about having realised that he was wrong to feel the way he does at this moment but mm. but yeah there's a definite there's definite anger i think in the way that he drops it beside sam here i thought i thought it was uh, again great episode for for sebastian stan great episode mm-hmm. for mackie as well who has mm-hmm. been a little passive i think uh, sam's a little bit passive but in this episode he's not and he's he, we'll, we'll talk about the scene with isaiah bradley in in a, in a few minutes but he's tremendous in that scene absolutely tremendous but uh yeah just the the, the chemistry between the two of them here in uh, in this scene that's what you want. And you want yeah. that, that sense of, you know, Bucky, the Winter Soldier, he's still worried the Winter Soldier is in him. And it kind of is mm. a little bit. And you get a sense of that with that simple, yeah, we do. I, I did have a question about how Walker goes from being incapacitated and then suddenly he's in America at his at his hearing. He doesn't seem like someone. So did he, did he bring someone in to, to arrest so, yeah. him? Yeah, I think so. He doesn't so. seem like the sort of guy who would go quietly. I'm wondering if maybe they brought in a military policeman, someone, Mm. I don't know, six foot five inches tall, 250 pounds. (laughs) Never eaten a yogurt. Never eaten a yogurt. Arms the size of hams. Comes with folding toothbrush. (laughs) Yeah, folding toothbrush in his pocket. 
Working for the 110th MP, have I just written my own animated short? <laughs> you fiction? have. Oh my I god! I have. Jack wow. motherfucking Reacher, take it down, John motherfucking Walker. That's what we want to see. Yeah, it's it's one of the, it's one of those moments of of MCU chronology that doesn't make a huge amount of sense. So he's had time to be shipped back to America, you know, get his dress uniform out of storage, get his arm fixed up, be called before a committee that has presumably had to be convened. <laughs> albeit at short notice. And and Sam is still apparently in, it looked like Riga or somewhere yep. in another one of those endless interchangeable warehouses having a natter with Torres, who also is there because of reasons and seems to be in no way constrained by the usual laws where military people have to be told to go somewhere. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> he just, you know, he just wanders just around. There are, some, <laughs> there are some potential small holes in the plotting. Well, uh, you point. said back in episode one, I think, that uh, Danny Ramirez was a relatively late in the day announcement in the casting. And I wonder if Torres wasn't part of the show initially. And then perhaps yeah. in terms of the surgery, they they felt that they needed someone to come in and kind mm-hmm. of and and help link scenes together. And so it's very useful having someone who can just walk into a room and go, hey Sam, uh so this is what the things. flag smashes are. Yes. Yeah. I found some exposition. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you dropped this speech. <laughs> yeah. um, you dropped this thing that links these two episodes. Here, have it back. <laughs> At the same time, though, having Sam's sh- having Sam's wings ripped off in that fight, and then mm. having Torres kind of touching them, and I was like, "Ooh!" And then Sam saying, "Keep them." Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that necessarily happens by accident or by a late no. addition. No, so. no, no. I think I think that's and I think that's great because um, in the comics, of course, as we all remember, he had to be experimented on in a Doctor Moreau style <laughs> fashion and physically Birdman. given wings before he became a falcon. <laughs> so this is a preferable, you know, result to that, but also uh, it does set him up to become a new falcon, which is really nice. So yeah. whether, I don't think we'll see that this season, but I think it could cut, turn up in future Marvel adventures that he is a new falcon, which is cool. Birdman or the unexpected virtues of <laughs> Torres, who yeah, knows. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe the last episode's a, a oneer. Uh, <laughs> massively overpraised, overhyped oneer. Where he's just in his pants. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> so the wings. So Sam rejects the wings. He well, he doesn't reject the wings. They're they're useless to him. He thinks yeah. they're beyond repair at this point. But uh, you know, it strikes me that there there are moments in this episode of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier where neither Sam or Bucky are the Falcon or the Winter Soldier, <laughs> which is interesting. He he turns his back on them at a, mm. at a certain point. So what's what's his game here? What's he what's he up to? Because I think at that point he's he's taken the shield back, and I think he's he feels that, especially after Bucky's dropped it at his feet in a very pointed way. He's like, "Shit, I best kind of take responsibility and start to do something with this shield now. Maybe the wings aren't what I need at the moment, or what I should be focusing my attention on." Um, also, I'm sure he's just like, "Why should I carry around this broken pair when there's probably another pair somewhere in Stark Industries that I can just?" <laughs> it's like when you smash your iPhone. Like, don't repair it; just get a new one. So you're thinking he's got Apple Care for his wings, is what you're saying. <laughs> Pretty much. He's taken it to the Genius Bar. <laughs> yeah. Go to the same Genius Bar that uh, Steve and Natasha go to in Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> Although that guy's working at Xbox now. Did you see that uh, advert that they that. did for uh, for Xbox, where it's the same, the same dude? I did. I did indeed see that. Uh, so then we have Walker's hearing, and you know he's. They just don't know what it takes to be Captain America. Mm. He's. 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 He has the book thrown at him by the government, and then we have out of nowhere, <laughs> all the way through this, I've been going. There's a. There's a name. There's a. There's a. There's a you space have. in the credit sequence that is being reserved for somebody, 
and I think it's a power broker, and I still think it is a power broker, um, we have, out of nowhere, Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> and, Veep. And, and Veep. <laughs> Not Elaine from Veep, she's a completely different character of Veep. The magnificent Julia Louis-Dreyfus mm. shows up, and I was like, what's going on here? So excited to have her in the MCU. I don't care what she does. I, I, you know, the thing is that the character has been both an mm. agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. and an agent of HYDRA. They seem to be leaning a little bit more mm. HYDRA here. Superhero for it either way, don't care, but she'd be a fantastic new mm. Nick Fury, wouldn't she? If they do decide to go S.H.I.E.L.D.y with her, you know, have her as yeah. the sort of puppet master pl- pulling everyone's strings. Oh my God. What is up with Elaine from Seinfeld being in the Vulcan and the Winter Soldier? As long as she's a bit more competent than she was in Veep, I think we'll be fine. <laughs> I know she's not like the crazy hugest name, but it, it's impressive that they managed to keep this under wraps. Like when she turned yeah. up, I was like, wait, did we, did we know she was in this show? Is this a thing? And she immediately tells us her extremely long name. But I was still like, we, we don't know who you are. Like, what yeah. are you doing here? What, what role are you playing? She's a pretty huge name. I think she's won more Emmys than anyone or tied for the most Emmys in TV history. Um, mm-hmm. So it's pretty, but you're right. It's very impressive they kept this under wraps, and we had no idea she was coming. Ha! It made me think actually, if they're going to be inspired by Seinfeld, that Walker should have just taken a leaf out of George Costanza's book and just turned up to work the next day as if nothing had happened. And <laughs> you know, anyone know that episode? So what? He could, he should yaddy out of the murder. <laughs> yeah, she yaddy. <laughs> Maybe the final episode is just going to be about Sam and Bucky trying not to masturbate. <laughs> They are masters of their own domain. They They really are. Ben, watch Seinfeld. Yeah, I'm going to go and watch from Seinfeld. And then I will retroactively laugh at all these jokes. (laughs) I have literally just exhausted my my Seinfeld references that I know, so. What is up with Helen exhausting her Seinfeld references? I know another one. Soup Nazis. Puffy shirts. Yes. No shield for you, is what they should have said here. But yeah, so she is... I've completely forgotten her name again. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, or Val for short. There you go. I will choose to call her by her full name at all times. <laughs> so, yes, tell me more about her, people who know things. She's, she's a bit Hydra-y, as I recall from this. So she's something from the 1960s run. She was kind of a, a one of the, the Nick Fury villains. But she was Madam Hydra for a while. So I don't know if whether there's going to be a Hydra link here or whether yeah. there's not, but she was I mean, at one point. Literally just said that, but like... <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. That was probably during one of the many periods where I just wasn't listening. Uh, sorry, Helen. <laughs> wow. But no, she she was at one point uh, Nick Fury's uh, other half. She, she impressed oh, him by half. beating him in single combats. Top half or and- bottom half? I, oh, I, I wouldn't mean. like to speculate. That's a whole other kind of fan fiction. <laughs> well, you know, I haven't even written that yet. My God. Um, or animated it, apparently. But um, <laughs> so, what, where did we go wrong? What's happening? Nick Furry. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. No, 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 please, no. But yeah, so she beat him in single combat. She became a very important figure in S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, at various points. But she has also been, yes, as James correctly says, Madame Hy- Madam Hydra more recently. Yes. Ben, tell me more about Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Was she in Hydra, for example, Ben? <laughs> I think so. Actually, in the comics, she was Miss Hydra for a while. But then also <laughs> she was married to wow. uh, to Nick Fury. Uh, and was the whole she? Thing. Madam Hydra, I think you'll find. So the the, the word on the street, the word on the street is that she was either meant to be introduced or will still be in Black Widow. 
So that's where the character was first going to be introduced. But then obviously Black Widow has been delayed so much that it's coming out after Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so whether she's in that or not, I don't know. But that we'll find out soon. That would explain the whole like, oh, hey, here's this person. You remember yeah. this person? It felt but a you're bit like, like that, no. didn't it? Like it felt like, hey, we're supposed to know who you are. Especially the way that she leaves that extremely yeah. useless business card. <laughs> but I love that. Still, I like love that. that. What, a, what a flourish to yeah. use a Marvel word. Like it's such a flex. It's like, here's yeah. a card that means nothing. I, d- I guess I just carry them around with me for the drama invisible of it all. Invisible ink, Ben. Invisible ink. It probably is like at some point when she wants you to call her, it suddenly, you know, beeps or something. Mm. I, I feel like. Mm. But um, yeah, I love that. I thought I thought everything about her appearance was hilarious. And I, I'm super here for whatever she chooses to do. Yeah. Especially because later in the episode, I was like, oh, I'm excited. She's going to come back, right? Or John's going to call her or something. And then they just didn't mm. reference it for the rest of the episode. It was just <laughs> this one scene that Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in. And then she just goes away. I wondered if we were meant to infer at the end that John... Sorry, this is it. This is is how they fucking get you. We're calling him John. No. Mm. Walker. Yes. Walker. So Walker at the end, um, I wondered if we were meant to infer that he had been called by her or, or is he just so fixated on Carly because, you know, he knows that Carly killed Lamar that he's going to build his little shitty dustbin shield I mean, and then enter the fray. What is he doing? <laughs> He's yeah. gone off the rails, hasn't he? I mean, on the one hand, it felt a bit Tony in the cave, but also it felt mm. a little bit yes. like Freddy Krueger in his basement. I don't know oh quite what's God. happening yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and the fact that it followed the visit to Lamar's parents and, and there's that whole kind of emotional scene and his mum says, I know he's resting easier knowing that the man responsible got his justice. Like, you know that that's just fueled him <laughs> up again and mm-hmm. he's gone, well, I definitely have to kill her now. So it, I, I feel like he's he's fixated. I don't think that final scene sim- signifies that she's been in touch again, but I do think yes. she will be in touch again. And then, you know, that does track as well, because in the comics, the government has a long history of turning to Walker's US agents, even yes. after he's been disgraced several times. So it doesn't seem to stop them turning to him as a useful person. So it doesn't necessarily mean she's bad, but she also could be bad. That scene also made me sad, the scene with the Mars parents. Mm. But you've also just reminded me the scene that did make me tear up for a third time, and I don't know why. Um, I'm very in touch with my feelings. Pandemic, everyone's a bit fragile, right? That's fair. Uh, was the scene between Simo and Bucky. Mm. Yeah, that was a nice scene as well. He's like, he doesn't hold the grudge. And then the Dora Malaji take him off to the raft for some reason, set about to Wakanda, which was. Well, uh, so that was interesting. Like, we should talk about that. But, but just to address the scene first, I think that was a, a thing that, you know, he's ready to die, that he's got rid of as much of this serum as he could. And he's sort of told Bucky a thing or two about himself, I think, at that moment. And also, Bucky there proves that he is not what Zemo maybe might have feared he was. Mm. Uh, when they first encountered each other. And I think that's important as well for both of them, as is the crossing himself off in the book. In terms of the raft, okay, I feel like it's maybe not on brand for the hyper, uh, you know, advanced society of Wakanda to have a raft equivalent. And that might be why they use yeah, the raft. But then, I mean, frankly, they could just send him to, you know, wherever it is, you know, under Holloway or something. He's got not got any special powers, just, you know, stick him wherever. <laughs> True. I'm true. not sure he needs to be on the raft. He was in a Commodore Garden German prison and he just broke out easily. Well, with help. Fairly. But yes. Yeah. Get help. Uh, <laughs> so maybe they're going to stick him in the raft. There's no evidence that people can just easily escape from the raft either, is there? <laughs> 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 yes, no one in this show has been there, so it's fine. Um, 
I do wonder as well about, you know me, international treaties like the Dormelage have have jurisdiction wherever they find themselves apparently, but they've also signed up to at least enough international treaties to have access mm-hmm. to the raft. So yeah. there's there's some kind of weirdness going on. And they were like, they were like, uh, you should uh, make yourself scarce in Wakanda for a while, Aya says to him. It's like, why? He literally just gave you Zemo. That's a bit harsh. Yeah, but he also broke Zemo out in the first yeah. place. It's and he didn't, he didn't hand over Zemo at the first time of asking, I think is her line. He does say, for, and then he asks for one more favour. Yeah, I, I did have a problem with the way he he did that, because I kind of would have been happier. So he, she says, it'd be prudent to make yourself scarce in Wakanda for the time being, White Wolf. And he goes, you know... I, I would, you know, I would like to ask one more favor, and I would have liked him to immediately sort of go, not for me, or you know, please, or something to acknowledge the fact that he is asking quite a lot at that point. Like yeah. I feel like, mm. you know, she has shown some kind of forbearance towards him. It might have behooved him to to sort of make it clear that he's not asking the favor for himself. I, I think they're kind of like BFFs a little bit. Like they're pretty tight, even though they had a little bit of a rumble recently. I think they're quite tight. So when he asks her to. Mm. Make him a vibranium Captain America suit for uh, Sam. Then you See, know. Do you think that's what they've made? Yes. Ooh. Yes, I do. I hundred percent do. <laughs> Why would Wakanda make a Captain America suit? Because he's a more international. He's more about American ideals than America. I, I like this. Is my theory, and I could be wildly wrong. I think it's gonna be a Captain America suit, but I don't think it's gonna be red, white, and blue. I think it might be like a black suit, or it might be something different. Because the the whole thing that he has with Isaiah, which is that you know they're never gonna let a black man carry the shield and no self-respecting black man will would want to obviously he's going to carry the shield but i wonder whether he's not going to want to wear the red white and blue maybe he's going to put his own stamp on it and this suit is going to be it against that the fact is the fact that he's wearing red and blue in the training montage so i, I maybe think, that's and the only I red he's going to wear Helen. i don't think that's accidental i think teal would be a good color but against <laughs> that as yes teal teal america yeah. uh teal america world police uh Against that as well is the fact that Sam doesn't know that that thing was being made, so therefore has no design input. And one last thing as well is that by the end of the episode, he takes on board what Isaiah has to say. Mm-hmm. And perhaps now is a good time to talk about that scene, because I think it's the, probably yeah. the best scene in the in the episode, mm-hmm. and probably the best scene in the entire show. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on in that scene between Isaiah and Sam, but at the end of the episode, Sam... Basically, he's like a big sounding board all the way through this 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 whole process. All through five episodes, he's taking he's taking he's taking advice from Bucky. He's taking advice from Isaiah. He's hearing what Simo has to say. He's hearing what Ao has to say. He's hearing what Walker has to say. Putting it all together, and then finally coming out of it with his own mind made up, and he's just very much his own man playing his own furrow. Yeah. And I think at the end of the episode, he's basically going, "I'm not rejecting." what Isaiah has to say, I'm not rejecting what he had to go through. What would be the point of all that pain and that sacrifice if I wasn't willing to stand up and keep fighting? Precisely. So he's going to plough his own furrow, and I think he has finally come around to the idea that a black man can be Captain America, and a self-respecting black man, which Sam Wilson definitely is, mm-hmm. can also be Captain America, and, and honour the legacy of Isaiah Bradley in doing so. That yeah. seems terrific, I thought. Yeah. With Sam, he keeps saying things that do feel very Sam, but they feel very Steve. Like they're giving him mm. the right things to say, where it's just like, yes, you get it, man. You've got the, the mindset. You. It feels like there's a sense of purpose, that the same sense of purpose that Steve had and that same yeah. sense of, of virtue. And even in uh, now in this situation where everything is kind of complex around him, he has his sort of internal compass set right. And he keep, that keeps coming through in the things that he's saying. And it's like, yes, yes, you're doing all the right things and saying all the right things. Now take the shield and get a suit and 
do it. His chat to Bucky about being of service and that being the way to do the work, that's 100% right for both mm. Sam and as someone taking up Steve Shield. Like that could not be writer um, in that moment. And I thought that was great. And, and pointing out that what, he ha- what he's been doing so far isn't actually um, amends, it's vengeance. It's avenging, which I thought was a great, great uh, contrast mm. and also fits with what we've seen so far and explains why Bucky has had so much trouble being honest with his friend in the first episode and why he's felt so much more comfortable with going out and unmasking old Hydra agents. Yeah. Super good scene. The, the one of the end between Sam and Bucky. The one at the end, which I know yeah. we'll get to as well, but we should yeah. talk about um, Isaiah Let's talk about Isaiah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because that, that scene is really well written, yeah. really well performed, uh, loaded with very, very pointed comments about America and racism. Mm -hmm. We've been talking for a while on the the last few episodes about will the show address this sort of stuff directly? It's been tiptoeing around a little bit and this is very much direct. There's a scene between two black men and, uh, and, you know, Isaiah's I've written down a load of his quotes. Yeah, me too. You know, those stars and stripes don't mean nothing good to me. If you ain't bitter, you're blind. He invokes the uh, the red tails at mm-hmm. one point. Mm. Uh, he says, you think things are different. You think times are different. Pledge allegiance to that, my brother. They will never let a black man be Captain America. And even if they did, no self-respecting black man would ever want to be. And we get the truth about Isaiah as well and about what he went through. And it wasn't fun. And this is a scene loaded with significance and meaning and subtext and all the good stuff. Completely. If yeah. if that meeting with him in the second episode felt sort of frustratingly short, f- kind of brief and and abrupt, I'm glad. I think it. I think maybe in the episode when we were talking about it, I was saying the thing I want is just a one on one chat between these two guys, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad that we got it, and that we got it in what felt like a very full form. It didn't feel like they truncated this conversation. They felt like they gave it all the space that it needed for Isaiah to kind of explain his history and what happened to him and to kind of allow Sam to take that in and to respond to it and to reflect on what that now means for him. And I'm really glad, something that I kind of picked up when I was doing the interviews for the uh, feature on this, something that kind of came through subtly in what they were saying was Obviously, there was a lot of talk around, oh, what would it mean for America? Would America accept a a black Captain America? But that flip side of it that Isaiah kind of speaks to in this moment where he says, no respecting black man would want to be Captain America. And mm. the complicated legacy, the other way around of like, yeah, why why would a black person in America with the history of what America has, has done and continues to do to a lot of black people take on a name with that loaded meaning as well? And the fact that they really spoke to those things like you said, Chris, it kind of it hit the nail on the head in a way that a lot of the rest of the series has sort of invoked things without really um, drilling into it. You know? Yeah, I, th- I think this was this was great, and I think it is worth looking up the specific history. The fact that he's talking about the Red Tails, the the three thirty two, the Tuskegee Airmen, which obviously ties into the Tuskegee experiments, which were administered in the form of, you know. Uh, innocuous inoculations uh, and which were appalling exper- human experimentation. Um, also, th- I think it's it's relevant that he references 500 years. They erased me, my history, but they've been doing that for 500 years, he says. That's a direct reference, I think, to the 1619 Project um, and that effort to reclaim American history through the eyes of America's relationship with slavery and with black people. 
if you didn't read that, that was published by the New York Times a couple of years ago, became a massive lightning rod for the Trump administration, obviously because they can't deal with reality. But uh, it was meant as a, as a discussion starter and as a, as a sort of reframing of history uh, through Black Eyes. And it's incredibly, incredibly worth a read. It's an extraordinary piece of work. So, um, so I think I think that's all really interesting. I think that all hopefully encourages people to engage with the real life history behind this stuff. I also think in terms of in-universe stuff, the fact that he's talking about he was inspired by the Red Tails, he was inspired by the 332. He's talking about seeing what happened to them when they came home. That all suggests that he did come along later, that he did come along post-Steve. Um, that removes some of the, as I say, as culpability potentially. I've never felt that we were meant to think that he was he preceded Steve. No, but I think, as I say, the comics I think yeah. tried to make it a little bit more ambiguous, and certainly some commentators and some readers have read it that way. So I just think it's relevant to mention mm. that um, within the film. Because the scene starts outside and it goes, to, then they cut inside and they have a, mm. the, the the real meat of the conversations inside. But there's a moment where Sam says to, I say, I played brilliantly, I have to say it by Carl Lumbly. Yeah, um, incredible. Just great. So much, so much meaning, so much depth of emotion as well to, you know, to, to the loss of his wife in a character that we have seen twice. I mean, that's yeah. some pretty damn good acting there. But there's a, the moment where Sam says to him, Steve didn't put you in jail. And there's a look between Isaiah and Sam, and then we cut to the box. And I was like, yeah. oh, please don't tell me they're going to muddy the waters vis-a-vis <laughs> concordantly ergo Steve Rogers, because that would be I, I would uh, that, that would be a problem for me um, if he was somehow aware of this and didn't do anything about it. But I think they're, I think they're keeping Steve very much on his pedestal. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it is, it's very deliberate and very interesting the what happened to Isaiah, because it's a little, it's very similar to, but slightly different from what happened to him in the comics. Some of his guys get captured. He goes off to rescue them. I wonder where that feels familiar from. Well, okay. I know where it feels familiar <laughs> from because I've watched the first Avenger more than any of you. And the reason it feels familiar is because that's exactly how mm-hmm. Steve became Captain America and how Captain America went from being a figurehead to being an actual soldier, is that he went AWOL to rescue his friends from a POW camp. And the difference in how they are treated at that point is the, is the racism. Right, that's yeah. it. Um, because it's, as I say, like it's similar to, but it is not the same as how Isaiah was treated in the comics, and that is, I'm, I think, very, very, very deliberate. He talks about how his death was faked, about how his name is dead. Uh, this is just a, a little quibble in terms of trying to tie up some of the the the, the plot holes or mm. or whatever. So. Is he no longer called Isaiah Bradley? Is he called something else in this universe? I guess we don't know. We're not told for sure, but. How did Bucky find him, for example, if he has a different name now, or is he just walking around with his with his Isaiah Bradley name? Has he gone full Obi Wan Kenobi and just hidden Luke Skywalker in, in full view of? I feel like it's probably that. I feel like yeah. as long as he doesn't make a fuss, they're willing to overlook a dude called Isaiah Bradley that no living person would really have much memory of, and um, and he can at least have some kind of life with his family. Mm. Uh, Bucky would know through personal memory and and or combined with Hydra files, I think. Mm. And and the fact that shield files were dumped online, obviously by Natasha, and if he knows what he's looking for, oh, presumably yeah, he point. can find some stuff through that. Good point. I mean that that felt really complex as well, in in the sense of understandably Sam being like the people need to know about you, people need to know this history, and people need to know what was done to you, and also like you need some 
recognition for the for the work that you did, obviously before you were experimented on and everything. And and um, Isaiah's line there, "Leave me dead, my name is yeah. buried." It's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, and you understand that from his point of view. He's like, "I just want to be left in peace. Like, I've been fucked over enough at, at this point." And uh, yeah, I just thought there were so many shades and so many complexities in even just their interactions together and everything that Isaiah has been through and Sam having to sort of face up to what happened there and mm. know how to kind of deal with that. Now, I still wonder if at some point, whether he will make it part of his ongoing mission that people know about people like Isaiah, whether he respects Isaiah's wishes of being completely left alone and also right. just the importance of like yeah. people need to know this if if they don't speak to it then it just remains this horrible buried yeah. thing that nobody mm. has taken any accountability or responsibility for that's what that's what steve did steve didn't like what was happening with shield and he tore it down yeah mm. it helped when he found out hydra was inside it but uh but you know that's what that's what he did he stood up for what he felt was right and i think that's exactly what sam is going to do um i do wonder if we're going to see isaiah again in this show, we've only got one episode left, but I think I think Sam might, at the very least, encourage him to speak out, or mm. might leave Isaiah out of it, but speak out about the fact that that this happened. And if he can produce the files that Bucky's obviously maybe seen, uh, he could maybe do that without involving mm. Isaiah in, in in any way, perhaps. Helen, have you read the Sam Wilson Captain America run? Not all of them. I'm about three two thirds of the way through. No, I've never read it, but I just I was just looking up the uh, Sam Wilson Captain America suit that kind of you guys mentioned with the shield and the wings and it's mm. pretty fucking cool right um so if they do something like that i'd be very happy i love that character marvel puzzle quest back when i was addicted to it oh my god maybe maybe you're right maybe reed richards was was out there with mephisto building oh, the i just thought it was wings i thought i thought that they had gone full red bull and they were going to give him wings that's yeah. what i thought it was wings with stars and stripes i think is uh mm. is, is ultimately where it's going to go although i still think a teal suit would be better good lord <laughs> Just saying. It's a good colour. Underused. It is. It is. It really is. A couple of last things before we get into some readers' questions, because as you might... Readers' questions? Listeners' questions, because as you you might imagine, we have a few this week. Again, we're banging on about the shield. Bucky says, that shield's the closest thing I've got left to a family. I mean, my Christ, Buck. I mean, that's that's mm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a difficult line to get over. Um, but there's that line that um, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine or Fal for short says where she goes, it's a bit of a gray area, but the government doesn't actually I've own that shield. I've been saying this. Yes. <laughs> As have I. So, yeah. Yeah. Government doesn't own shit of the shield. Uh-huh. Uh, they own quite a lot of other stuff. But Who does own the shield then? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I don't know. However... <laughs> Look, all we know is it, we first saw it in the custody of Howard Stark, mm-hmm. who referenced the fact that it might be he thought the the world's entire sort of stock of vibranium, and he'd somehow used it to make a shield, or it seemed like he had. Certainly, he's claimed it since. So that's a weird thing to do with the most precious metal in the world. But cool. I think it makes sense. Although looks, technically, yeah. be- because it was stolen from another dimension, no one really owns another it. Another dimension, another dimension, another, another dimension? dimension, another dimension, another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Thanks, Chris. Was Thank really you. where did we learn that in these films? Well, because Thanos destroyed the shield, didn't yeah. he? So oh, then Steve I see. Goes, yeah, okay, and he takes okay, the gems, okay, back, so he's okay, taken okay, the one okay, from okay. Yeah. the yeah. other dimension. Well, yeah. another dimension, yeah. another dimension, <laughs> another dimension, another okay. dimension. Thank you. Yeah, that whole that whole scene, I think, with with Sam and Bucky is 
fucking fantastic and I love it and I wanted it like every episode. One of those mm. every episode would have been fantastic for me. But um, the fact that Sam acknowledges that the legacy of the shield is complicated to say the least. And I think more importantly is the bit when Steve told me, and I've always said he and Steve discussed this anyway, uh-huh. when Steve told me he, what he was planning, I don't think either of us really understood how it, what it felt like for a black man to be handed the shield. I owe you an apology. Yes. Yes. Correct, Buffy. <laughs> Bucky. Well done. Buffy. 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 Uh, both Buffy of them. the vampire slayer. Oh my God. We, we know Blade's coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why can't we not have Bucky the vampire slayer? Why not? <laughs> the other thing I liked about that scene is, is Bucky saying, um, when Steve told me what he was planning, because I love that it just clarifies that sense that you get in Endgame, that when Steve is going to go mm-hmm. off, when, when mm-hmm. um, they have that last moment together, it's like Bucky Bucky knows this is, he is saying goodbye to his I've friend. I've been he isn't saying, saying this. Alan has said you, this all along. You feel that so much in those moments, in that moment, and even if they, you don't get the sense they've maybe hatched out a fully fleshed out plan that he knows he's saying goodbye to his friend and that there is maybe something coming for Sam down the line. And I, it just, it was just yeah. a little moment, but I was like, I'm really glad you put a button on that. Yeah, it's a little smile he gives when Steve doesn't come back, uh, which mm-hmm. is basically, oh, it's worked, it's yeah. worked, yeah. and he's he's gone. So you know, maybe Steve goes if I, if I come back, if I appear in that 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 platform, then something's gone wrong. <laughs> You know, but if I don't come back, then <laughs> Peggy rejected him. It was brutal. She yeah. she broke his heart. Yeah, she met, she she met someone never. on Tinder. It was all fucked. <laughs> oh, like, <God. laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So that's really interesting. So the shield, technically, so if Howard Stark created the shield, technically, it belongs to Tony. No, because no, to- no, no definitely not. It because comes from we- another reality. It belongs okay. to no one. Oh, that's okay, right. But yeah. Even if we're yes. assuming, even if we're assuming that everything up until you know, I don't know, just before Endgame happened in that other reality, right? Even then, Tony very clearly gave it to Steve prior to Endgame. He very, very simply gave it to Steve. There were no strings attached. He handed it over to so Steve. it's Steve's. Okay, so it was Steve's, and Steve, so Steve. then can hand it to other people. So Steve. Taken advantage of Tony's death. Good as, lord! As he is wont to do, just you know, just waiting for his Stark to die Tony so he can benefit in some way. Okay, Tony so handed over. Oh, yeah, sure. It's the Smithsonian's again. Yeah, Sam gave it to the Smithsonian. Sam so. gave it to the Smithsonian. So well, we now. don't know that he gave it to the Smithsonian. He may have put it yeah. on loan and said they could so, display it. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. All right. It's possible we're getting hung up a little bit on the uh, on the tort law here. It's not tort law, James. Is oh, it not? So, see, there, see, I'm overstepped there. I was trying to seem like I knew what type of law I was talking about, and it wasn't. What type of law is it, Helen? It's, it's family law, isn't it? That's pretty much what it is. Um, so are we saying that Ben Stiller from Light at the Museum is the new Captain America? Uh, hasn't he moved on now, and doesn't he work at the Victorian Albert or something? The British Museum. He's at the British Museum. Is he at the British there. Museum? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. In, in or the, the Museum of Great one, right? Britain, as seen in uh, Black Panther. <laughs> sure. Interesting. Okay. All right. It's all coming full circle. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, the, the shield, as James points out correct, quite correctly, uh, comes from another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. Very, very quickly, uh, I two things I loved about this. I loved just the easy chemistry between mm. Mackie and Stan towards the end of the episode when they're just fixing the boat and Bucky is Or not smiling, fixing the boat. <laughs> or not mm. fixing the boat. And Bucky is is flashing a grin of his at uh, Sam's sister. And I think one of my favourite things in the episode was seeing Sarah's reaction when she saw Bucky for the first time because it was it was just like, oh, this is this is <laughs> who's, who's this? This is the most <laughs> handsome man in the world. What the fuck? He's just yeah. turned up. Hi. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the flirting was off the charts. It was super good. I also just loved little stuff like, you know, I don't always think of like the metal arm immediately. I'm right-handed. Yes, I'm right-handed. <laughs> that was lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the whole, we're just we're just two guys with a friend in common, but the friend's gone, yeah, yeah so we're just two guys. Ugh, yeah. Super good. But it was such, that scene was so sad. I thought, you know, the, mm. the shield's the closest thing I've got left to family. I figured if it worked for him, it would work for me. And then he can't bring himself to say what is next. And... It's just lovely. And the way that Sam gets through to him in a way mm-hmm. that that, frankly, shitty therapist did not mm. get through to him in Tough the first love. two episodes. Mm. But yeah, the, and also just the line, it doesn't matter what Steve thought. And you can see Bucky being a bit like, what the fuck? How fucking dare you? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's it. Fish to cuffs, my friend. But but also just like he's saying it in the way Steve would have said it almost. Like it doesn't matter what I think. It's It's about, you know. Yeah. You doing the work and you fixing you and it will be okay. And I think, look, Sam has every reason in the world to be lost and to have leaned on people to tell him who he is and to struggle with what he has been through. Like there is that is entirely justified. And it is absolutely right that it would take him a long time to get over this and that he would take the easiest route first in the hope that that would be enough because he's mm. already been through so much. But also, I think this is exactly right that, that Sam stepped up and told him, okay, now you need to do the hard work and that's the only thing that's actually going to do it long term. I just thought that was that was a super good scene. If we'd had this kind of stuff for the last four episodes, I would have done so much less complaining about all the legal points. I really would have. <laughs> That's right, you better lawyer up, Marvel. Court <laughs> <laughs> lawyer up. <laughs> or family lawyer. Other oh, other boy. branches of law are available. I love that when they walk away from each other in, in the garden there, it's it's they mm. both enabled each other to do what they need yep. to do just through a, a a conversation that dealt with things head on but wasn't completely on the nose. Yep. Like I feel like they each leave that conversation with Sam ready to kind of properly take up the shield and start mm. Yeah. Training with that and to make it his own. Bucky leaves that conversation knowing what he needs to do to like sort his shit out and get his life together and start to work out who he is in his own right. And like I said, I loved all the stuff of them fixing the boat, of just spending time together mm-hmm. and of, of them seeing this thing that is broken, that is Sam's legacy and deciding together that they can fix it and bring it back around was like, it just all tied in so nicely. I feel like that's the sort of texture and resonance that has been lacking in this show so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to see it played here so beautifully between the stuff on the boat and that conversation that they have in Sam's garden was just like, oh, yeah. yes, yes, all of 100%. this, please. Yeah. Uh, can I point out a couple of tiny little things that may or may not matter at all? Sam, when he's on the phone during that montage where he's calling up all the neighbours, he calls himself mm-hmm. Paul's youngest boy, which would imply there are more siblings out there mm-hmm. because otherwise it should be younger. It may also imply he has bad grammar. I make no judgment. <laughs> um, I also thought what was quite funny, on the boat, I don't know if you noticed this, quite prominently displayed in a couple of shots, there's a snow globe with the sort of eagle in it, an American eagle type thing. It's like the two of them, snow for the Winter Soldier and a big bird the for the Falcon. Uh... <laughs> Yay. Shake it up. And and it's really nice. So good. Shake it Um, off. Shake it off. I also had a note about Sharon. Okay. And I continue to think that we are at least meant to think she is a badden, even if Mm. she is not. But we're definitely meant to think that. And one of the reasons I think that, apart from the fact that she's talking to Batrock and setting Uh him up, apparently, with the Flag Smashers. Yeah. Another reason is the art. So we see the woman with a parasol by uh, Monet, where the woman yeah. has her face covered, implying deceit. We also see the raft of the Medusa, which is a very, very famous work of art, which is in the Louvre. And it's about this 
bunch of people who were shipwrecked and they were on a raft. And if memory serves, they resorted to cannibalism because everything went tits up. It's a very dark piece of art and it's right there in her room and she's probably a bad one as a result. She feels like a bad one. Also, what happened to Carly? Carly's gone a bit killy. Like, mm. she, killy, she, she, killy Carly. She's gone from being quite nice and chummy with Sam to, oh, I'm totally going to get Sam killed. Fuck him. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the worst. Well, she was like that last episode. She was like, she goes from the beginning of the episode where the guy's going, I quite liked Captain America. And she's like, yeah, he was quite good, wasn't he? But that shield stands for fucking everything. We should fucking burn him to the ground. Shut Where's she from? You know, she's from kind of similar <laughs> to where Terry's from. Uh, she's, you know, she seems from to fucking... be a Londoner usually, but okay. No, she's from uh, she's from the Midlands, isn't she? Oh, okay. She's, she's, you know, she's like, fucking have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, yes um, that is exactly what she's yes, like. I've made her Mancunian, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Cheekbones McSquish, swishy hair with her who apparently is actually called Dovich yes seems to be getting increasingly concerned that she has gone you know he's going to be the he's going to be the voice of reason who either stops her from being killy carly at the end of the last episode or um or maybe he gets killy killied <gasps> killy carly is from tamworth in staffordshire just so you know I have huh. no idea where that is but uh, I'm going to continue to do a Mancunian accent and Fair hope enough. that that works alright so at Tom Goodfellow are training montages set to bombastic rock music the best thing in movies or indeed peak TV yes yes and I really really liked hearing the ending theme music in mm. this context like with Division, that ending theme music like the first time you hear it you're like okay that's a pretty that's a decent enough theme and then the more you hear it every week and the more they weave it into the show you go ooh yeah when that kicks in I like it and I really like the organ in it I think that it has all of the horns that feel very like traditionally Captain America-y but then having that like sort of soulful organ in there feels like a really nice little note for for what he's doing with this music I also love that they wrapped up the trees to keep them safe after that first <laughs> smash into the tree it shows an environmentalism that I approve of I, see I thought that that's interesting that you, you thought that I thought they were just trying to have a bouncy thing to bounce the the shield off. I mean, it may be a bit of both, but yeah. uh, you know, at least the trees are protected. I I care about the trees, like the Lorax. I noticed that uh, Bucky caught the shield with his left hand. So, which is it, Bucky? Are you left or right? Well, with the metal one, so it doesn't hurt. Huh. Well, sounds to me like someone's changing the story. B e j t underscore t bedged t, uh, who has a Captain America shield as their avatar says, I feel like Simo is done in this show, apart from maybe the end of next week, and he's been sent to the raft to potentially be in the Thunderbolts. Now, a lot of people have asked about the Thunderbolts and people, whether yeah. they're, sent, they're going to set up the Thunderbolts um, or beginning to set up the Thunderbolts, who are a team of badens turned good-ish. And sometimes badens just pretended to be good, but really bad. And then sometimes what are they? Badens. Some kind of suicide squad? <laughs> yes, basically that's what it is. Uh, I believe they're created by Kurt Busiek, who is a fantastic writer, comic book writer, and he's a really good follow on the old Twitters as well. Uh, but yes, it does feel that me, like Simu may be done with the show, and it feels to me like the Wakandans and Ao may be done with the show. That we, We're not going to yeah. get them in next week's final episode. Uh, listen, I've been wrong about many, 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 many things. Most things, in fact. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a goodbye from Zemo unless there is a post-credit sting setting up something else. Yeah, I think it's so interesting what they've done with him in this show. Like, I think as much as we had some um, complaints about the way that he was acting or that he's suddenly a baron and he's suddenly rich, I like that they have kept that through line of civil war, that he had a very specific beef 
And once that beef is is ironed out, once he iron manned out, maybe <laughs> once don't he has beef, then <laughs> what? what I, I mostly eat veggie now. I don't know these things. But yeah, I, I I kind of like that he isn't just sort of generically evil and just trying to stir shit up. Like he actually had a very specific role to play here. That they broke him out for reasons. He wanted yeah. to destroy the super soldier serum. He did that, and yeah, he's a, a shady guy who is super smart and can kind of work out crazy plans. But he did what he set out to do, and he doesn't really have a need to be in this story. And I'm I quite like the way that they wrote him out on a not negative note. That he was like, yeah, I accept. I need to go back to prison. Cool, I'll go with the Wakandans. Also, I don't really have much choice because they're badass. <laughs> but yeah, just it, uh, that is never what I would have pegged Zemo as doing in this show. Yeah. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's I, I think that was a really surprising way to take his character, but that does ring pretty true still with who he was in Civil War. Someone did write in, and I can't find their question at the moment. I'm basically just finding him as I see them on my on my DMs. But someone did write in. I saw it earlier on, uh, saying that did this feel like it was a, a a scene that had been parachuted in, maybe as part of reshoots? Because Simo escapes last week, and then doesn't seem to do anything with that. He just goes to Sokovia to the memorial and wait to be apprehended again. So yeah. why not just be apprehended in the first place? So do you think that he has set something up in this in this? period of time between you know, at least a couple of days, I'm guessing, between last episode and and Bucky and AO turning up here at the Sokovia Memorial. Do you think he's been laying plans? I don't know. I wonder if it's more that if he was like, by the way, while you broke me out of prison, can I just go and have a little trip to Sokovia? <laughs> they would have said, no, back to yeah. jail with you. Mm. So maybe it was just his his what he wanted to do while he was like, I've got a chance to go and just interesting go back. Who knows? It's maybe, yeah, it is maybe like the equivalent of visiting his family's grave, I guess, then. Yeah. Ben. Although, he, didn't he say he actually dug them out of the rubble, so so there there would be a grave grave somewhere? Didn't he say there was, wasn't there a line in that about Civil War? Something along the lines that it took me X number of days to dig them out of the rubble? I can't remember. I may be, I I may, may be I projecting, to, um, I don't know. I might have to rewatch Civil War. Oh, no. Um, but it's a bit of a leap, isn't it, for Bucky to to realise he's going to be at the Sokovian Memorial. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that one line that he mentions in the previous episode and, and Bucky's like, oh, that's where he's going to be. That's it. So clearly, folks, if I ever disappear for any length of time, you will find me uh, by the Colombo statue in Budapest. That's that's clearly... I'll just be hanging out there. And also, how long was Seema waiting for, for Bucky to show up? It seems like a really remote location for a very important memorial. But there is that tradition in Eastern Europe, you know, those cool um, those cool kind of hilltop memorials that you see mm-hmm. online. Thank God he had his big coat on. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's at least that prepared, you know. Although we still haven't found out what what the deal with the mask was other than like, hey, it's Zemo wearing his mask. He just like had a purple mask in the back seat of his and car. And then took it off. Put and it then wore it for it one off. scene and mm. then took it off. Like, I, I'm still wondering if there's more there. I thought that was it. it. If, yeah. yeah, I think that might have been chopped up and reshaped. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. Stephen Thomas at Ste9hen on Twitter uh, says, is the Bucky right-handed joke the make the whole series worth it on its own? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Kinda, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, is some of the criticism of Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision? There was no criticism of WandaVision. How dare you, sir? How dare you? Uh, but is it a result of Marvel trying to get it away from the past criticism of having one clear big bad guy that the heroes take down in a big CGI fight at the end? Maybe I guess. Yeah, all right, that could be true. I don't know. I mean, WandaVision still kind of went there. Much as I love the show, it still ended up with sort of it was Agatha all along although kind of not and then they're flying around and shooting 
magic-y lasers at each other. Like, I don't think they necessarily, it didn't seem like they were trying to avoid that there. And I think here it's just that it's a very complex world after the snap. There is a lot going on and there's sort of confusion as to who the enemy is going to be. I think obviously it's kind of as we thought, but narratively it's only now coming together that yes the antagonist really is John Walker that is the through line or everything else going along is to get John Walker to this place which is then to get Sam and Bucky to the place of shit we've got to get the shield back Sam you need to take mm. control of the shield mm. so uh, yeah I, I I sort of don't think so I think they're just telling the stories that they want to tell and sometimes that leads to hey there's one bad guy and they're flying around and shooting things at each other in this one it's just that it's a more complex scenario that kind of funnels down into this general face-off between um john walker although i have to say i don't quite know what next week is going to be other than presumably sam hopefully wearing this new suit just in terms of this uh this issue of the bad guys i mean i and this may tie into what we'll be getting to in terms of next week but I still just wish the Flag Smashers had been better and and clearer about their cause, their aims. I mean, you know, she gets like, there's that great line today, how many times do we have to pay with our lives just to be citizens of this goddamn planet? Like, okay, that's cool. But like, I'm still, after all this time, I feel like their their philosophy is hazy. Their me- methods yeah. are hazy. You know, we have Tories kind of building her up and going, she's really good at this stuff and suggesting that there's this huge online presence and that there's this huge worldwide kind of movement. And then we're seeing no effect of that whatsoever apart from where she and her immediate cadre of super soldiers go. So it just like, it's still frustrating me, even after all this time. Mm. And obviously we're going to get a bit more into it next week. They've got that whole One World Council in their incredibly sinister Dr. Strangelove-esque meeting room in New York. Mm. A skyline of which, by the way, does not appear to have Avengers Tower anymore, but okay. And they're having the whole One World, One People mantra that they say at each other, like it's the new Hell Hydra. You know, There's a lot going on, but it just it's still not adding up to me and it's I'm frustrated yeah. by that still. To quote Ron Burgundy, boy that escalated quickly. I mean they, <laughs> they do seem to have gone from these scrappy underdogs who are being hustled from farmhouse to farmhouse, from hiding place to hiding place, mm. to suddenly being able to organize some sort of revolt on a mass scale and they've infiltrated the government at a high level. And I'm not sure Carly has been how has Carly done that? Yeah, I, I thought this episode was terrific. I think every time the flag smashers are on screen, the air is let out of the balloon. Yeah, very very quickly, and that's a problem because they seem to be the major threat on the show. Uh, Ashley Hogarth, you've questioned in previous pods who's bankrolling the Avengers. Do you think the show is setting up the Wakandans for this role? They have the resources, the tech. They've created Sam's new suit, Bucky's new arm. Uh, T'Challa is a leader of the Avengers in the comics currently, so they could do mm. something similar with whoever takes on the role of Black Panther in the MCU. I mean, could be. I, I was wondering how they got back to the US. You know, did they have, what, a Quinjet hanging around somewhere? I still feel like there should be somebody at Avengers headquarters who can at least do that kind of thing. Um, but I have no idea right now who that is, and I genuinely would like them to address it in a future TV show. Do what? Organize travel? No, but like, no, I'm not saying like who's booking the travel, but like show that there is still, you know, the way that, that Black Widow was during the snap in Endgame and you see her having yes. meetings and you see her kind of coordinating something. Somebody it has to be doing something like that right now. And that's how Sam and Bucky get back from Europe pretty damn quickly mm-hmm. to have their hearts to hearts uh, down by the boat, you know, so something's happening. Somebody's helping them out. I would just really like to know who. 
I just thought that they they caught a, an army ride back. I still think the Avengers aren't a thing anymore. Uh, maybe that's what they demolished Avengers Tower in the five years between. <laughs> that must have been it. No, why would they demolish the one self-powered building in the city? That makes no sense, Chris. Come on. But was Tony still using that? Oh, let's not get into it. Let's not get into it. <laughs> At vintage underscore double, does this episode confirm Sharon as a power broker and John Walker as US agent? No, it hints whether mm. it, yeah, so maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I, if she is a power broker, I, I, I think yeah. that Fal swaggered in with uh, a confidence that power broker might possess. I think that they might be bringing in Julia Louis-Dreyfus as a power broker at the end. But if it is Sharon Carter, I, I don't know how that makes any sense. No, I, Why it doesn't is she, at this stage. If she is sending Batroc in to work with the Flag Smashers, she's got numerous... She's trying to kill the Flag Smashers because they broke... They stole her serum. Yeah. Yeah. So is Batroc a double-double agent? Is he going to turn on them and try and kill Killy Carly? I don't know. Okay, but we'll here's find the thing. Out. If, if um, Val is in some ways affiliated with S.H.I.E.L.D., as was right now, she might she might be working with Sharon. There's a possibility. So it's not necessarily an either or. Sharon could still be in there somewhere. I think we're at least still meant to suspect her. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not saying she is definitely the power broker. Uh, Luke Feasy, was anyone else hoping that Walker would build a shoddy homemade Iron Man suit? I'd love him to have a crack at being a Tesco value <laughs> version of each Avenger getting beaten up during each attempt before moving on to the next one. I, you know, I don't think they'll do this with Walker, but I would love to see a moment next week where the the shield just fails to work like the first time and just falls apart. <laughs> it's not Vibranium, mate. What are you well, doing? No, not that we know of, no. Tim from Wales, do you think Simo was needed at all in the show other than to bring Wakanda into the story? But he also brings in Madripoor and he, mm. he helps him along their way. I have to say, generally, the the I feel this less with Zemo, but he does take them there. But the, the Madripoor and the Sharon Carter stuff does feel quite extraneous at the moment. That feels like yeah. it took up an episode that meant it was a, a longer delay to get to the heart of the John Walker stuff. Absolutely. Um, which, who knows, maybe if there was a storyline that was kind of cut out of this thing, that maybe it all dovetailed together a bit more neatly. But that does feel like a bit of an unnecessary diversion at the moment, other than like, hey, we could just bring this into this show. But the the, the time at which they brought it into the show as well, three episodes in, it it was just like, felt like a bit of a hindrance, really. Mm. Um, and it just, maybe it was just a way of explaining where the super soldier serum came from. They needed somewhere that felt very off the grid and felt like a whiskey place where somebody would be creating their own version of it in a flipping shipping container or something. And hey, I guess that's Madripoor. But going there and having all the stuff with, I don't know, that does feel a bit extraneous. I feel feel like Zemo was to an extent almost a a red herring bad guy. Um, Like, you know, he was somebody you could put in the trailers to the show and people would get excited like, ooh, it's Zemo. And uh, not really think beyond that in terms of who the bad guy might be and not get obsessed with it being fucking Mephisto. Yeah, because I even said when 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 Simo came into it in episode was the three, mm-hmm. two, I don't, three, three, I think yeah, yeah. very episode end of three, two yeah. they showed yeah. him, but yeah, three was. So, so when he came into it in episode three, I did say it's only a matter of time before he double crosses him, and he never did because mm-hmm. he's a man well, of honor. Yeah. Maybe escaping during the fight, but I, I mean that's just opportunistic, isn't it? Yeah, true, true. Danielle Edwards, D Y 
Edwards on Twitter. I've been curious about the Winter Soldier's presence in the title because it has such negative connotations for Bucky. Do we think by the end of the series he will have embraced the Winter Soldier moniker or is the point of the title that Falcon the Winter Soldier will be discontinued in favour of, say, Captain America and the White Wolf? That'd be great. Like multiple seasons of this show all had different names. (laughs) Yeah, I'm all here for that. Um, That'd be fun. The Amazing Adventures of Sam and Bucky. I don't know why they just didn't call it that, to be I mean, honest. I mean, yeah. Or Bucky right Vision. We've discussed this a little bit. This is one of Jimbo's big talking points. At Fitho something, what do you guys think of Sam being Captain America without the Super Soldier Serum in his fight with Walker? He would have been dead if Bucky hadn't been there. So how effective can he be as just a guy? When he has his teal vibranium suit, I think <laughs> oh, he boy. is going to whip ass, especially if it has teal whip vibranium arse. wings. Yeah, Whiplash. That's giving his new name. Oh my word! Wow, Whiplash. You've seen Whiplash. Now meet Whipars. That's not right. That's I mean, really that's, not that's right. That's how Helen's animated fan fiction finishes, isn't it? There is some ass whipping. Uh, I'm, look, I mean, I, I would point out that uh, Bucky might also have been killed in that fight if not for Sam. So it's not quite as straightforward as James implies. Captain America was holding his own against the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, and I kind of feel like Bucky could have taken him on his own. I really do. But this is still not Bucky in full Winter Soldier mode. If he had been activated, then I think he could have, he would have ripped Walker's head off and played football with it. He's hardcore. He is pretty hardcore, but I I always get a sense that he's holding back. There's part of him that doesn't want to be a killer. So he's holding back. I mean, every time he's had a chance to kill someone in this, in this series, he has deliberately not taken it. And I think there was an element of that with, with Walker as well. I think so too. Yeah. I do think if they did decide to give him the serum, again, we've we've shown, we've seen how Sam is saying all the right things and that, yes, when it amplifies what is already in him in a Steve-like way, it would amplify those qualities as well. So I think mm. I, I could equally at this point see him either having it or not having it. Having mm. it in the sense that, hey, whoever has this shield maybe should come with that extra level of, of power and force behind them, but also that if he didn't take it then maybe if he does still have wings and have the little jetpack thing with the wings that he has an extra element of force that he can use in mm. in fights mm. like that yeah he didn't in the comic as i remember take the serum no no he doesn't he doesn't of course he was a werewolf that one time but that's a whole other thing <laughs> <laughs> and i like that about him i like that he's not super powered he doesn't have the the serum the amplification aspect of the serum is always an interesting one. It's clearly this was a scene cut when Battlestar was saying, you know, it amplifies what you already are. You make the right decisions. And then the line where he says, oh, by the way, you're also a massive bell end, So it'll probably <laughs> amplify that as well was, was clearly, clearly off camera. Does he have to take the serum and then wait 21 days to take it again? Is that, <laughs> yes. is that how it works? Yeah, except in the UK where it's 12 weeks. Yeah. Is it, is yeah. it the AstraZeneca serum? That's the question. <laughs> Aaron Jackson, A.W. Jackson 565, makes a very, very good point. He says, I enjoyed the latest Falcon and the Winter Soldier spoiler podcast. Thank you, Aaron. But I have to say I'm left wanting because they lacked a most punchable face in the MCU top 10, uh, which I completely forgot about. That's my bad. Uh, So next week, guys, I'm putting you all on notice. You have to bring in your list of the top 10 most punchable faces in the MCU. And it can't just be John Walker times 10. So, and that'll be our glorious... That's our, going to be our, our, I was going to say glory hole, but that's a very, very different thing. But that's, huh. our, that's how we're going to go out uh, at the end of next week's uh, episode. Sam Levy, uh, do you think Fal will play a significant role in the final episode or will she be floating around the MCU like an evil Nick Fury recruiting bastards for Hydra? And also, do you think Rhodey will be involved in the final episode? I'd love to see Rhodey back. I don't know that we need him. 
um, but I just enjoy him generally. Uh, I do think she'll be floating around the MCU. Whether she'll be good or evil, I don't know yet, or ambiguous, somewhere in between. Um, I Yeah, I, I look forward to more of her. At Andrew Galvin 14, is it just me that feels frustrated every time I go back to Carly and the Flag Smashers? No, as we discussed <laughs> it. Uh, but then he says, would the show have been improved by just focusing on Captain America and the racism threads, which is the best new band name I've heard in a long, <laughs> long time. <concert. laughs> I, I feel like you have to, you do have to give Walker something to react to to bring out his bad side, his worst his worst impulses. So I get why they're there in that sense. I just feel that the storytelling around them, and I get it, it just all in, in, in a more general sense, it makes sense that there would be fallout from the blip that we haven't engaged with. It would make sense that in opposition to someone claiming to be Captain America, you put an internationalist group. Elegant, yes, 100%. I just feel like it's the it's the way they've been used. And maybe that is due to the rewrites, but even so, what we have on screen does not work very well. So uh, mm. I find them frustrating all the same, but I get why they're there. I do. At Das underscore Ginge, we finally got the bonding scene between Bucky and Sam, but has the series left it too late? Or do you think it was a case that the showrunners didn't feel it had been earned before now? Yeah, but like have something leading up to it then. Do you know what I mean? We, we didn't necessarily need them to solve everything the way they do here in episode two and have nowhere else dramatically to go. But we did, I think, need more scenes leading up to this. Yeah, I wish we'd had something like this a bit earlier, but um, I'm glad we have it now. I'm really intrigued as well, just seeing how great this episode was and how much I enjoyed last week's as well. That I don't think the early episodes are suddenly suddenly magically going to be better, but I'm intrigued to rewatch this after we've had the final episode and just see how it all kind of hopefully hangs together a bit more. Maybe you can see some more of the through lines of where it's going or certain things earlier on that you're like, oh, I wish I wish we were getting more of this that we know actually is coming down the line. I'm intrigued to see how it plays and to see if next week's is a full hour again then it means mm. these yeah. final two episodes be, are right? sort of yeah. the same length running time wise as maybe uh, the early ones are maybe 40 minutes 45 mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. these final two episodes will have the same runtime as about three of the earlier episodes so yeah. maybe taking on its on its whole thing you won't feel as much of the loss of like why aren't we getting these these salmon bucky scenes knowing that actually that is to come down the line but yeah in terms of watching it week by week i, I wish we'd had that earlier yeah Here's a good question from AdBB288. You might want to leave this for next week, so I'm going to give you the the option, okay? okay? So when Sam eventually becomes the new Cap... Should they announce him in a new Avengers lineup news press news conference as per the comic books, and who would you include in that lineup? I don't think we have enough other people on the board at this point for for a new Avengers lineup. Like as we've established, so many of them are dead or retired, or and Hulk's got his bad arm. You know, like I just don't think there are enough people. I think a lot of what this Phase Four is going to be, as we see, is slowly seeding potentially the young Avengers. Mm-hmm. Whether that is going to be just a Disney Plus thing, or whether that gets brought through into the movies, but they're introducing a lot of those characters at the moment. Um, but obviously, we've got Shang Chi coming up. We've got the Eternals coming up. We have a bunch of new it's faces. Marvel. About to come in, yeah. Ms. Marvel is on the way, and obviously Monica Rambo. They've set up in in One Division. I don't know. I I think it would feel really early if they were like, "Here's Sam Wilson's Captain America and a bunch of just new, I don't know, random Avengers." Until we get some better ones down the line, um, I feel it would feel a bit early for that. But I yeah. I hope they go the whole way and they announce him as Captain America and he has his own suit and he has the shield and they make a big fucking deal of it. And also say, maybe they have a big banner that says sorry or some kind of like party popper situational balloon saying we mm-hmm. really fucked up. 
you know, some yeah. kind of apology situation. It's also worth thinking about what happened in the comics after that press conference. So soon afterwards, he made a speech about the issues with America and some of the shortcomings of America and what he hoped to do and stand for in terms of his values. And he was attacked as a communist and he was widely disowned and the government kind of stopped supporting him. That would be an interesting thing to play out, whether in a movie mm. or in another series of this. And I would be intrigued if they went there, because that would allow some of Isaiah's issues to be dealt with. He could, for example, if Isaiah were to die between now and, an, and another series, he could then speak out about what was done, for example. So there might be ways that you could bring some of this conflict in while you know having him still be mm. Captain America and having him still be Sam Wilson. Steve struggled to be Captain America mm. in this day and age. Like He gave up the mantle. He just became Steve pretty quickly because he was like, what is Captain America today? Because America, you done fucked up. And so I, I think it would be really interesting. I don't think if they even announce Sam as Captain America, it will be a smooth ride for him in that sense. No. Because yeah, even Steve couldn't work out how that was supposed to work in this kind of corrupt age. Okay, so we have so many questions uh, that we haven't even really got through. I think we've pretty much answered all the major, <laughs> to your satisfaction, obviously, all the major points of the episode. Here's one from Always Try To Be Fair on Twitter. They're all on Twitter. Why am I saying message. When Steve Rogers took the serum, he went from a wimp to a muscled super soldier. Did he? I didn't notice. So... How come all those who have taken the serum haven't changed their physiques? That's, That's referenced answered. to the show. That is yeah. answered. That it's a refined serum and you don't, it's all internalized. You don't yeah. get the, uh, you know. Super. Mr. Dr. Man said so. Mr. Dr. Man did say so. Yes, he, yes, he, he did. dealt with that particular point. He did. It's a, and then they've refined the serum and it's not the same serum. And Steve took way more of it and he had fight arrays and all mm. sorts of stuff going on. So there are all sorts of uh, different things uh, involved in that. Um, I, I was going to say very, very quickly in, in reaction to, in reference to what you said earlier on there about a second season, and we discussed this on the bonus episode we did last week. Mm. I still think that they're going to... Captain America is a movie deal, and I think they're going to give Sam a movie. But I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong. I just can't, I can't, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm the one who sat here in this show and argued that the TV shows have as much weight as the, mm. as the, the, as the movies, but it's kind of not true as well. They're never going to give Spider-Man a TV show. They're never going to give Captain America a TV show. They're never going to give Iron Man a TV show. These are the big A-list heavy hitters. And so when Sam becomes Captain America, I think he deserves a fucking movie, guys. So Maybe. hopefully that will happen. Amen. I hope so. I, d I don't think the two are exclusive though. You could have a second season of this while you're waiting for your big... Well, well, you're waiting for him to come up, turn up in the in the TV show and the movies because you know there's quite a long list to come for both. So, I have seen we have so many questions still to get through, but unfortunately we do have to wrap up now. So um, I'm going to say one last thing, which is someone sent in a question to me the last two episodes. We never got around to it, saying that he suspects, and I'm so sorry, sir, I've forgotten your name. I can't find your question, but he suspects that Sharon may still be working for the CIA and uh, Omni Shambles has mm. sent in a question along similar lines, which reminded me of that previous question. So do you think that might be something? Yeah, could be. Because, well, I think I, I discussed this, didn't I, in a previous episode? I, I've said that she'd been working for the CIA before she left. Oh, that was in relation to her potentially being the um, mm -hmm. the the 
Party planner. What do you call him? Par broker. <laughs> the party um, planner. Absolutely. She's great as a party planner. Did you see that party that she threw? It was amazing. But yeah, so she worked with the CIA before. So did this um, serum dude. So it would it would be possible that she is still working for the CIA. It would certainly explain how she got set up and financed in a relatively short space of time. You know, even if she didn't snap, which I think we're assuming it's still only seven years to have set all this up, which is, you know, yeah. quite impressive. She has freaking Monet's on the wall, for fuck's sake. Um, so Show me the money. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's possible. And it would allow her to have acted the way she did and uh, still be a goodie. As I've said all along, I think we're meant to suspect her of being the power broker. I am not saying she is definitely the power broker. The, the thing that slightly complicates that for me is her saying to Sam, hey, can you get me a pardon for the US? Which, by the way, Sam has done absolutely nothing with. <laughs> I know he's been busy, but Sam has not pulled any strings or put any asks yeah. in like, hey, can we like yeah. get a pardon for, for Sharon Carter? Because I think if she was happy with where she was, even in a sense of like, oh yeah, be, because I'm undercover, I need mm. to stay here. I feel like she wouldn't have put that ask in um, to, to him. Yeah, that's fair. There are so many questions that have remained unanswered. I've, I've scanned through a bunch of them. We have kind of touched upon a lot of them, but uh, who knows? I don't know what we're going to do. with. You know, we don't have time really to do another bonus episode, but thank you for your questions and apologies if we didn't get around to them. But we're going to wind up the show now by doing what I said we would do, and for once I've remembered, uh, which is to predict what's going to happen in the final episode. I want your predictions, and I want them in 35 words or less. No, I'm kidding. Uh, what's, what's going to happen? Is it going to be a Steve Rogers cameo? No. Is Sam going to become cap yes what is going to happen and why and to whom is carly going to be killed what's happening yes. teal suit with wings <laughs> sam becomes captain america i'm never letting this go uh carly gets killed absolutely uh bucky gets a teal arm to go with the matching suit what? of sam's it's, it's gonna be a whole teal thing and they're gonna form the teal party yes that's right <laughs> okay for me None of the teal stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Sam gets a suit. Sam gets the name. Sam talks Carly round. He has another chance to go and talk to Carly and to sort of de-radicalise her. Um, I think they've made her so sympathetic, even though, yes, she has gone a bit murdery. Um, but that fact that he almost talked her down that time, and if some fucker hadn't run in and ruined it yeah. all, he would have oh. done it. And I don't think you would end it with like, oh, we've got this really sympathetic villain and now we killed him. And and also she's basically a child. Is she still sympathetic though? She's, she's become a, a bit killy, remember? She's for, yeah, she's a bit off for it, man for it, Nipworth, you know. Oh, there oh, are oh, other oh, dwarves, guys. We can reference other dwarves. Grumpy. She's gone a bit gloin, you know, it's fine, yeah. The, the fact that she had that moment this week where she was, where as Helen said, she said, how many of us have to die for just trying to live or something like that? Yeah, I'm paraphrasing wildly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think they still want you to see that, yes, she is coming from a place of having been massively wronged and is acting out because of that. Um, and also that, yes, the, the super serum is probably amplifying the, the negative aspects of her sort of radicalization. Mm. So... I think maybe Sam talks her down, um, and maybe Sharon is the power broker. I don't know, I, I, but Sam, yes, get the suit, get the shield, be Captain America, do All the right. damn thing. What about Bucky? What happens to Bucky next episode? Does he? Does he finally? Does he get shot of the Winter Soldier moniker? Does he apologize to Yori? Remember yeah, Yori, everybody. He needs to, I think yeah, that's what that's Sam is telling thing. him yeah. to do. Like you need to go and speak to Yori and, 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 and yeah. explain what you Ends did. With him finally going on a proper karaoke date with what's her face? <laughs> yes, with Leia. 
I think Ben is mostly right, but I'm not ruling out Carly dying anyway. I think that that Sam talking her down and her surviving the episode do not necessarily go together. Um, That might be when Walker appears. So they've already set her plan in motion. They've already got the, uh, the council in her grasp. So I think we start the episode with her kind of holding these hostages. Sam tries to take her down and then Walker kills her would be possible. Do you think Carly's number two will talk her down? Because he's like her conscience, isn't Mixed he? swishy hair. Uh, yeah, so no. then, you know, we'll end up doing it Carly two's way. Oh. No. No? I mean, that was Maybe. so laboured oh, and no. so painful to hear. I was working on a gag about how Bucky might go to karaoke and then accidentally get triggered by the lyrics and go on a killing spree, but I think... Harsh. 17 homecoming <laughs> if you pick an rem deep cut those lyrics are nonsensical i'm almost certain now that michael stipe was just basically trying to trigger winter soldiers that's what he was trying to do that's clearly it and listen i love rem but you know if this thing goes all the way to the top i'm implicating michael stipe uh, as a hydra agent that's what i'm doing that's what i'm doing that's oh him in the corner that's him in the spotlight anyway mm. But after what Jimbo said, I think we should just put a cap yeah. in this show. Ass and, uh, oh, God. So you have been watching my uh, my stop motion then. <laughs> <laughs> put a cap in my ass. Isn't that the title of it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no. You took it there. <laughs> <laughs> oh I couldn't. I couldn't not. Like the joke was right there. Yeah. You can't expect me to leave it on the table. That, that's in my brain now, and that's going to stop. Okay. I don't know how that gets cut out, but I don't know how it stays in either. <laughs> that's are you, are what you, are you, are you, That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's basically oh, just god. quoting this now. Oh my god. This is this has gone so wrong. Uh, on that note, that is it for <sighs> On that note, that is it on that for note? Well, On that right. note, on James, give us a note to end on, please. Get your kazoo oh, out. Oh god, I've got nothing. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> on that note, that is it for our fifth and penultimate Falcon and the Winter Soldier Spoiler <laughs> Special. Uh join us next week. For more Falls-related fun. But until then, until that auspicious occasion, until we meet again, it is goodbye from Squadcast Names. Sam Wilson's War. Oh, yeah. fuck me. Yes. You see what yeah. I did there? Yes, see what I did there? Oh. He made it Sorkin. That is a four-star <laughs> name right there. I think we know what animation you're going to be doing after this. <laughs> James Dyer. Bye-bye, James. Bye. It is goodbye from Batrock of Ages, not Batlog or Backlog or Balrog, <laughs> Balrog. but Batrock of Ages, Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. It's goodbye from Julia Huey, Travis. <laughs> wow. Goodbye. Goodbye, Ben. And it's goodbye from me, Bucky and Sarah up a tree. I try to do one of those cool compound names for Bucky and Sarah. Believe me, you do not want to go down, <laughs> down that road. <laughs> These are two names that do not lend themselves to being compounded. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what might happen in episode six? Anyway, that's it for me. I'm off to animate my own fan fiction involving Bucky, Sam, and one Jack. Major Jack. No middle name. Reacher. Oh, it's going to be a belter. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.